Welcome to Season 4 of the Social Pros Podcast, where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Integrated PR Software from Cision, by the easy-to-use farm builder, FarmStack, by the influencer marketing platform, Tap Influence, and by the social marketing promotions and management tool, ShortStack. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Jeff Roars from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome back, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. This is episode number 155, joined as usual by my compadre from Chile, Cleveland, Ohio. He is the Vice President of Enthusiasm for Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mr. Jeffrey K. Roars. Thank you very much. Trying to be as enthusiastic as uh, a projected negative 12 degrees will allow me to be. That's what we're supposedly going to hit tonight. My kids are home because it's too cold. Yeah, we've had uh, yeah we've had no school all week. Uh, for four four consecutive snow days here. My kids have dec- decided to call this week. Uh, uh, you know bonus spring break, which is what it's end up being. They're going to have a whole week off of school that didn't even see coming. Now, now we're in the classic, uh, you know, well, how much longer do we have to go at the end of the school year now because of all this situation? Yeah. Now you're in the uh, danger of, uh, in impinging on, uh, family vacations that are planned yeah and when they were younger like who cares right you miss the last two days of school and they're watching movies anyway but you know my daughter's in high school and it's like yeah finals and stuff like that so it's a little uh it's a little panicky but hey you know what uh mother nature and, and it's not and, and it's not boston that's the, the silver lining you know it's funny hearing all our friends in boston and seeing all the all the tweets i uh was in law school and grad school during two of the top 10 snowiest winters so uh i remember it all too well and uh have a vivid recollection of the snowplow coming down the street next to our apartment uh hitting off the parked cars like they were pinball bumpers <laughs> so i can only imagine what they're dealing with with 100 inches uh, after three blizzards in a row, and uh, I, I wish all of our uh, New England listeners well in trying to melt that stuff down. Ladies and gentlemen, you just cozy up next to the fire and give yourself a listen to some social pros. Oh, yes. Oh, should we put on the uh, the dulcet tones? Should we do, you know, warm voices? I have decided That's that weird. episode 155 will be recorded on top of a bearskin rug. <laughs> With some Cavassier. Yes, it's going to be like the Burt Reynolds cover in Playgirl from many years ago for our older listeners. All right, we have uh, a fantastic guest today, and I'm super excited to have him on the show. As far as I know, he has not been in Playgirl, nor uh, is he under a, uh, a blanket of snow, but it is super, super cold in Atlanta, Georgia right now, disproportionately cold. Please welcome to the podcast the Senior Director of Digital Communications Strategy for Habitat for Humanity. He is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dwayne Bates. Dwayne, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We appreciate you being here. Now, it's my understanding, that, and this is a little different than than the role of many of the guests who have been on this esteemed program in the past, that your uh, field of responsibility there at Habitat for Humanity is actually quite broad, that you are responsible for all the web and all the mobile and all the social. Is is that true? Yeah, that that's true. We have a, we have a small core team, but we, we do a lot with it. <laughs> 
and I guess so. Uh, that's a that's a lot of different pieces to to manage on a day to day basis. What what does that team look like? How do you how do you organize your troops there? Uh, sure. So we have uh, three basic areas. We have our our web team, which is you know responsible for for uh, you know coordinating the uh, web development and the content publishing. And so we do everything from you know interactive design to SEO to you know working with um, <clears throat> digital publishers or, or people who want to have their their pieces published across the organization. So we really kind of consider ourselves as a, a center core team, and we take you know, content from across the organization and ha- help to translate it for digital audiences. Um, and then uh, I have a, a social media communities uh, manager who manages all of our social sites. So she is answering everyone's questions and she's posting content. And uh, then I have a, a digital marketer who helps us to carry out our campaigns and uh, does a lot of work looking at a lot of analytics to see what people are responding to and what they're not. And we should probably take a moment, I should have asked you this first, and have you explain how Habitat for Humanity works if people aren't familiar with it? Because it is a little different than many other nonprofits because people who benefit from your programs also participate side by side with Habitat for Humanity in that sort of sweat equity role. Uh, and also just give people a, an idea of the scope and the scale of the organization, both in the United States uh, and around the world. This is, this is not a tiny organization. Yeah, Habitat has grown. Habitat um, uh, is younger than 40 years old, but has grown very quickly. And so we are all across the United States. We're in about 1,500 locations, and we're in 70 countries around the world. So um, we're out there working with a lot of families and a, and a lot of different you know, cultures and, and conditions around the globe. But um, so how Habitat works is that we actually partner with families who are in need of, of housing. And so families actually join us and they and volunteers help build their own home or the homes of others. And so they get really, you know, um, invested in, in, in the process of building their home. And they, we also have them um, take home ownership classes so that they're fully prepared for, for um, home ownership. So uh, Habitat's program is really about, um, you know, uh, including including volunteers and, and uh, homeowner families in, in the homeownership process. We do a lot of other great stuff too. We, we repair houses and, and we advocate for people in need of housing around the world. So we have a lot of other programs, but, but the one, the, the housing program that we're uh, most often recognized by is, is, uh, is uh, uh, one in which we partner with families. And, and- where does the funding for Habitat for Humanity come from? Is it is it corporate sponsors? Is it individual donors? I'm sure the answer is both. But but in terms of what yeah. your emphasis is from a financial standpoint, where 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 do the supporters of the organization typically come from? Yeah, that's a great question. So Habitat's a, a top twenty nonprofit, and so our support really comes across the board. We have you know, large uh, national corporations who donate. We have small businesses who donate. Lots of individuals donate. Um, uh, we, uh, you know, get donations from foundations. So it's really across the board, and uh, it really helps us to be able to build houses. 
one of the things that I, I thought was particularly interesting in looking at your social media in preparation for today's big social pros podcast is that uh, a, a, a small percentage, maybe zero percentage of, of your social media on a day to day basis is really has that kind of, hey, please donate to us call to action, right? It's, you know, you're, you're not, at least my impression was, you're not typically using social to, to drive donations, but rather using social to celebrate uh, the works that, that Habitat is involved in uh, around the world. I, I suspect that's a very strategic decision on, on your part. You want to talk that through a little bit? Sure. So on our social media networks, you know, we're really all about um, providing a good experience for, for our social followers. And so we're really invested in content. Um, and so what I mean by content is really everything. So whether it's written or digital or, you know, uh, an interactive quiz or, you know, um, uh, really uh, anything. If we ask a question and, and do like a, a crowdsourcing exercise, um, we're really invested in that because we really want people who follow us and who have an interest in us to have a good experience through social media um, and with the hopes that they, that they will stay engaged and, and come out and volunteer with Habitat or, or to donate. So um, really our priority on social media is about that quality engagement um, where we always represent our work, but, but we, we um, are posting content that is uh, really has a purpose. You know, we want it to be inspiring. We want it to be, you know, fun. We want it to be interesting. We want, you know, we want it. We want to achieve all those things. And uh, really, we're we're trying to keep our uh, our user or or people follow us um, at the center of our strategy. And how do you set it up when you've got fifteen hundred local locations across? I think you said seventy countries. Do you? Mm-hmm. Do you centralize all that social in in overall habitat social channels, um, or do you have local social programs as well that you try to coordinate from a centralized national level? Yeah, so Habitat really um, started out as a grassroots organization uh, through you know fifteen hundred local um, affiliates in the U.S. and the national organizations around the world, and so. Um, Many, many affiliates and national organizations have their own, you know, set of social media. And one of the really great things about social is a lot of the coordination happens in the social media tool itself. So, for example, if we put out a really great, you know, infographic on Facebook, we know that our, you know, affiliates who have fan pages out there are going to see it and they'll share it, or sometimes they'll pull it, they'll, you know, save a copy and adapt it for for their local area and then reshare it. Um, and then it, it actually it goes both ways, which is really great. So we'll see really good uh, local content or exciting news and we'll share that. We'll retweet it, we'll repin it. Um, one, of our, one of our most successful posts on um, uh, Pinterest uh, came from a local Habitat affiliate blog. It, it, was, it basically showed a, a small change jar and um, uh, you know, has just gotten thousands and thousands of repins. So, um, that coordination actually happens in real time, and um, I think that's really exciting. And um, it, it it flows both ways, and it, it really um, creates a lot of dynamic content. Are the people who who handle social at the local level are they dedicated social media 
program managers or, or are they marketers at the local level or regional level who, who do social as part of their job? I think it's probably across the board. Um, most of the people I know, they have several roles within communications and social um, uh, is, is one of those. Um, but, you know, we have a lot of people who um, will work with a, like a long-term, a long-term volunteer at the local level who's really skilled at social media and will, you know, run their social media locally um, as part of their volunteer service to Habitat. So um, it's really, it's all across the board, and, and that really represents Habitat. We're really, you know, um, a large organization, but an organization that's very much uh, made up of, of very dedicated volunteers. You're very strong on Facebook in terms of number of, of connections there, and that certainly stands to reason, uh, given the size of the organization and the number of local markets that you're involved in, and of course, just the size of the Facebook audience in general. But uh, it seems like you've been you've been putting more emphasis recently on Instagram and building out a, a strong program there as well. Can you talk about how that Instagram uh, opportunity came to pass for you and, and why you decided to embrace it and maybe how you see Instagram functioning differently than, than Facebook in terms of what you're trying to accomplish there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Habitat is such a visual organization. So if you think about, you know, we're building um, or repairing all these houses around the world and we have all these volunteers coming out. Um, and many of them bring their cameras. And if you just think about how, how you know, fun and visual that is, um, you know, we're really lucky to, to have all those visuals. And so Instagram, you know, being based on, on visual um, content uh, is, is really a, a very strong tool for us. Um, it's, a, it's a way for us to share, you know, our photography. Um, it's a way for you know, our followers or Habitat volunteers to share their photography. And then we're doing a lot of like cross promotion where we're, we, we have a, a thing that's called um, photo of the week, a Habitat photo of the week. So basically if you tag us if, or if you um, uh, uh, put the hashtag Habitat for Humanity uh, or tag us on Instagram uh, and we, and we pick your photo for that week, we'll share it on, on the main feed. So I think, um, uh, Instagram is really key for us because we are such a visual organization and it's just such a great way to show um, our work and to really get people excited and engaged. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Hey, Dwayne, this is Jeff. Um, I'm interested how your homeowners and, you know, potential future homeowners get engaged with you via social media. What does that look like? Yeah, I, you know, that really, that a lot of that happens, um, not only homeowners, but um, really just volunteers or, or um, other partners, but a lot of that really happens on the community management side. And so as you can imagine, we get lots of questions where people ask us questions, you know, um, how does your program work? How do I apply for a home? How do I get my home, you know, fixed? How do I volunteer? Um, lots of those really key questions that are so important to our program. Um, many of them are asked on social media. And so um, we really see that as, as a uh, very important uh, part of our, our social strategy is to make sure and answer every question that we have an answer to. So um, uh, it is such a great way to connect um, in terms of the uh, community management side. But then we also do post content about, you know, how to apply for a house or this is how Habitat works or, 
you know, this is what to expect if you want to volunteer, or this is what to expect if you come to a, a, a volunteer site. And that's really where the content is so key for us, is to make sure that we're, you know, engaging, but that we're really answering people's questions. It's, um, uh, it really just creates a lot of good, um, uh, you know, social viral activity for us. And do you find your volunteers and your community as a whole kind of answering those questions on your behalf um, within the region just because of their passion for what you do? Yeah, that happens a lot. So that happens, um, uh, you know, that happens often before we get a chance to answer the question. Someone will answer it for us. Um, and so, you know, Habitat's uh, fans on, on, uh, on Facebook and other social media you know, are very willing to help people out and, and to answer their questions. So that's a definite benefit. And how are you keeping past volunteers abreast of kind of new volunteer opportunities, uh, either within the region they live or within other regions that they serve? Is that uh, kind of a rolling thunder kind of thing where you're building the database, you're knowing what interests them? and then kind of serving up content, I don't know, via email, website, what have you, that you think will attract them? Or is that something that maybe is on the kind of the future vision? Yeah, I think, I think definitely um, being able to, to customize content for the individual so that you um, are sending them things that they're interested in and that you're um, remembering and appreciating their, their, um, you know, their connection with you is so key. And it's, it's, uh, uh, just definitely a path that we're headed down, um, and it's you know it's it's all about individualization. And one of the other interesting things about Habitat is it has had a outstanding relationship with uh, former President Carter. Um, that I, I I know personally that's what brought the organization onto my radar. I'm wondering today in the era of social media, what role celebrity plays in getting your organization uh, greater traction, uh, donations, visibility, volunteer participation? Yeah, um, celebrity participation can be extremely powerful on social media. And I'm glad you brought up uh, uh, President and Mrs. Carter. So they, uh, they began volunteering with Habitat back in 1984, and they've volunteered with us every year since then. So they are, um, you know, our most famous volunteers. And so the... Um, it's not surprising that when we post content about President and Mrs. Carter on social media, it's our most popular content. It's where we get the most comments. It's where we get the most, you know, shares. It's where we get the most likes. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely a great way to to really get the word out about your your um, about our organization and and to engage um, and to engage fan and fans. And we've also had support from a lot of other celebrities over the years. And it's just always such a is such a great way to um, uh, to really get your message out and, and to have it heard. Now, before Jay takes us to break, I'm interested. Um, who who are the current celebrities that are moving the needle for you? Are there a couple who have become vocal champions? Uh, you know, from the millennial generation. Oh, from the well, I what, who came to mind for me right away is uh, uh, Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood. Um, they have just been such great you know, celebrity volunteers for Habitat over the last couple of years and, uh, you know, have really just done a lot of great things, not only for us in terms of, you know, social media and uh, communications, but when they come out and build, they really work really hard. <laughs> so it's great. They're, they're really great partners. 
And have, have it, has it skewed younger as well? Is there anyone from kind of the younger generation that is beginning to grab onto the organization's message and, and mission? Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, especially, you know, depending on the network, but definitely Instagram is, is um, a, a mm -hmm. key place for us to engage with uh, younger volunteers. And um, Habitat actually has a really large um, youth programs. Uh, so we have um, hundreds of chapters across the U.S. and we uh, operate one of the largest alternative spring break uh, programs where we have more than 11,000 oh. students who, um, you know, during their, their high school or college spring break, they come and build with Habitat, and, you know, and, um, uh, and so we, we have a lot of um, uh, younger people working with us, but they're definitely, you know, on social media, they're on sites like Instagram sharing those photos and talking to their friends and, you know, where appropriate, we're jumping into the conversation and saying thanks so much, you know, for, for volunteering with us. So it's, it's really exciting. So it becomes almost a, a group building activity for those kids. And I imagine companies are on board with that as well. Definitely. So it's, um, you know, we have companies that, that come out and build with us, um, both as, you know, local companies and large corporations and, you know, companies really, um, uh, not only invest in terms of uh, monetary donations to Habitat, but they really invest a lot in terms of teams that come out and build. So they they will send in, you know volunteer uh, employees who are volunteering to come out and and uh, you know work with Habitat to build houses. And they're they're some of our most dedicated uh, volunteers in terms of you know um, uh, in terms of consistently coming out. Uh, Dwayne, I was going to ask you if you've played with the, uh, and maybe you have, I just haven't seen it, with the Hyperlapse app. Uh, it, it just seems like that would be a natural for your Instagram account is is that time lapse, here's a, a house going up and, and being able to do that over and over and kind of make it a, a, a piece of content that you share consistently. Is that something you've played with? Yeah, so definitely have checked it out. It's such a cool tool. Um, and we've also, um, we um, uh, embedded uh, that into a blog post that, that showed lots of like moving images into a, a blog feed. And it's just such a cool, it's just such a cool thing. And um, uh, I love it. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you mentioned the blog because I, I, I didn't want to overlook it. You've got a, I, I mean, I really like what you're doing on the blog with the multiple authors and the multiple topics. The, the post that I particularly uh, enjoyed recently was the habitat houses around the world. I think it was just did a great job. So visual kind of a photo gallery of different homes that have been constructed by the organization in different countries. And you can sort of see the different building styles and the different settings. It was, it was really well done. Where do you, where do you source photos for that kind of a program? And we touched on a little bit earlier, but if you're like, Hey, we're going to make a blog post of photos from houses around the world. You just send that message out to the, to, to the local um, communications folks through email and say, send me pictures or what does the process look like? Yeah. And so it's really across the board. So some of them, some of those photos are, 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 are photography and many are submitted either by a local, you know, Habitat affiliate. And we also um, get a lot of photos from volunteers who will send them. So uh, in time for Valentine's Day, we actually did a blog post about uh, uh, two couples who met on Habitat build sites and, um, you know, through volunteering. And they um, uh, uh, both sets of couples ended up getting married. <laughs> and wow. so anyway, um, they actually sent in. Uh, yeah, isn't that a great story? And so they both sent in, uh, you know, photos of themselves, and um, 
So we wrote about that, you know, to correspond with uh, Valentine's Day. And the really interesting thing about that is when we posted it on Facebook, um, all the, a, a lot of the comments underneath it, um, you know, people are saying, that's such a great blog post. And I met my, you know, husband or wife on a Habitat Build site and we got married and, you know. And so it's just amazing how, like, when you, po when you take content on your blog, um, and then post it on social media. It's it's just so interesting, like the the reaction that it will get, and and just it's um, you know, it's just real time storytelling because these uh, followers of ours started telling their own stories that were similar to this Valentine's post. But um, you know, like I said, we just we love photography. It, it's um, uh, it's just something that we we try to include um, as much as possible, and definitely slideshows about habitat houses around the world um, are really popular because people want to want to see what we build, and they're curious about what you know what simple decent housing looks like around the world, not only in their community but in you know other countries. So I think anytime that you can kind of you know create that curiosity while you're showing off your um, uh, your work. Um, I think it will, um, you know, get a lot of attention. Yeah, it's great. It's really well done. It's it's exceedingly personal. It feels personal to see uh, people's homes uh, from all around the world. And uh, speaking of personalized marketing, I want to take a second to acknowledge one of our great sponsors of the Social Pros podcast, our friends at Formstack. Uh, Formstack is a software as a service application that allows you to very quickly and easily build landing pages and forms and then test those landing pages and forms, uh, do all kinds of A-B testing. Hey, what if the submit button said something different, was a different color, all that. I use it all the time uh, for social pros, for convince and convert. Uh, we use Formstack every day. They have uh, a nifty infographic they put out recently that you should take a look at. It is all about five different predictions that marketers like us need to understand to be ahead of the curve this year. And it's all about the power of personalized marketing. Very interesting infographic. Won't take you long to read. It's totally free, of course. Check it out now. Go to, and hey, speaking of which, uh, social pros listeners, we're doing the URLs differently. So we've always told you to go to bit.ly slash whatever. We're going to try and do this a little differently so you can remember it easier. So the new URL, at least for now, is convinceandconvert.com slash a number. When I say the number, it is the actual numeral. You don't have to write it out. So the link for the Formstack infographic on personalized marketing, are you ready? Convinceandconvert.com slash eight. Convinceandconvert.com slash eight. Also, a reminder that this show, The Social Pros Show, is brought to you by our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud, where Jeff is Vice President of Baked Goods. Salesforce has a terrific, really landmark study that they've put together that's all about what marketing leaders from all around the world are interested in right now. It's a joint project with uh, our friends at LinkedIn. Really great stuff. You need to check it out. It's called the State of Marketing Leadership Report. It's from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. You can get that at convinceandconvert.com slash three. That's convinceandconvert.com slash three. Back to you, Jeffrey. So, Dwayne, this is the uh, time in our weekly program. We look to uh, have you reflect a bit back on the path that brought you to where you are. And uh, if I understand it, you got uh, PR in your background, but... What was the, the path that, uh, that brought you to kind of owning digital and social for Habitat? You know, I, I would really attribute it to social media. So um, back when, when uh, you know, not that long ago, when uh, social media was first starting to pop up and 
uh, everyone was wondering, you know, what is this tool out there? What are people doing? Um, uh, the, the place that social landed was in media relations or, or public relations department. And it was kind of, you know, in those early days, it was kind of a natural fit because the uh, media relations, public relations department was very used to, you know, issuing public statements. And so we got on social media because, you know, we really liked it. And we also thought it was a great way to share our press releases. And so anyway, that's, um, that's kind of, you know, where it began. And uh, over time, as social grew, we started creating, you know, more interesting, you know, content uh, to engage our fans. So, you know, we, we went from press releases to sharing, you know, photography to eventually doing video. And, um, you know, we really wanted to include, we wanted to make our website social media friendly. So we wanted to include um, like YouTube as our player and we wanted to do, you know, social media sharing buttons and we wanted to put our, you know, our brand social media buttons on our pages. And then we also really wanted, you know, we wanted a, a, a dynamic content area on habitat.org where we could, you know, post stories and, and um, uh, you know, photos to share on social media. And so kind of through that, that kind of ongoing um, evolution of it, and as we started to get, you know, um, uh, more invested in, in the content and, and engaging uh, people on social media, um, I had the opportunity to uh, not only uh, uh, do uh, media relations and uh, my position and my new position over social media, but I also got to, you know, work with the web team as well. And so that's kind of where it started. Um, I, uh, you know, we started social media earlier than that, but but I started working with our web team back in 2007. And so it's really been a lot of fun. And um, I think that, uh, you know, one of the most exciting things about web is you can kind of always see the, you know, cause and effect. So if you if you create something or change something, you can see right, you know, almost right away how that affects the traffic. If it affects it for the better, or if it doesn't do much. Um, and so I just, I, you know, there's something very appealing about that real-time uh, analytics of 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 your work. Sure. And, and is this the path you thought you'd be on when you were back in school, or was there a different trajectory you you thought you'd be headed towards professionally? Well, you know, I think I thought that I would work in media relations for my mm -hmm. whole career. And so I, you know, I, I, I didn't expect it, but um, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a path I didn't expect, but I, I really enjoy. And uh, any interests outside of work to which you, you apply your own social media energies, tweeting about passionately, a you hobby know, I, or something else? You know, I... I really, I think it was all my all my years working with the media. So mm -hmm. I, um, I had a chance to really work with a lot of uh, really smart members of the media who, you know, if they were looking for a, a certain type of photo, mm -hmm. um, they, you know, they would they would tell me the composition of the photo that they were looking for, and. Um, I really learned a lot about photography. I mean, I'm an amateur photographer, but I learned a lot about photography through, you know, these professionals who, you know, were just incredible. And so I really, with Instagram, I really enjoy taking photos. I, I like trying to capture interesting angles or give little snapshots of things that I see. So um, I think that, that that's my kind of personal, uh, that's my kind of personal um, interest in social media is, 
really taking, you know, interesting photography and sharing it on Instagram. And uh, do you have a favorite uh, uh, camera other than the iPhone or smartphone? <laughs> um, I love the iPhone. It's, <laughs> I, it does a lot. <laughs> it has displaced uh, so many things. And uh, uh, just uh, interesting that um, you do have that passion for photography because that obviously serves you and so many others uh, from a social media perspective, just the, the um, amount of story that can be shared visually as opposed to just in the written word. Definitely. Jay, back over to you. Thank you, my friend. All right, we are going to close out episode number 155 of Social Pros with two questions that we ask every single guest, including our friend Dwayne Bates from Habitat for Humanity. Dwayne, are you ready? I'm prepared. You are prepared. I am ready. (laughs) What one tip would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? I would say my one tip is put yourself in the shoes of the social follower. So think about everything from their point of view. So are you putting out something that they're that they're going to want to share with their friends? Are you putting out something that they're going to want to comment on? Are you putting out something that they're going to want to, you know, like? Um, And are you putting out something that has a, a compelling enough call to action that they're going to want to do whatever you want to inspire them to do. So I think that that's really the, I think that's the key tip. I think that's where, um, where you can really help to inform your content is, is if you start with, you know, if you start with the person who's supposed to receive the, the content. I think that's uh, that's fantastic advice. We we have a name for that theme or that thesis at Convince and Convert. Uh, Jeff's heard me say this. We call it the mom test. Uh, and and the idea is <laughs> that if your mom, who loves you unconditionally, uh, or at least probably loves you unconditionally, if your mom <laughs> would not, if your mom would not be excited about this piece of content and wouldn't click on it or share it or comment on it, then it's probably not worthy of somebody else's attention, right? So, you know, if, 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 if the low hanging fruit uh, isn't going to get excited, uh, nobody else is either. So I think you are dead on with that. Okay, my friend, the, the last question for Mr. Uh, Dwayne Bates of Habitat for Humanity calling in from Chile, Hotlanta. <laughs> if you could do a Skype call, with any living person, who would it be and why? You know, um, I think that I would do it with, uh, I would have a Skype call with uh, J.K. Rowling. And not only because I like the Harry Potter series of books, but I think that there's something extremely um, unique about her voice um, and her storytelling capabilities that if you think about it, attracted people age five to 105. I mean, everyone was reading those books and very drawn to her voice. And I think that that is really something that's, that's pretty special. And I think that I also believe that, you know, developing uh, a voice um, for social media is really one of the best things that you can do to, you know, really get people to listen to your message. If you have a unique point of view and a unique voice, I think people will listen and I, you know, I think that she uh, really has just such a unique voice and I think that would be, uh, you know, great to, to have that call with her. 
That is an excellent answer. And I don't think, Jeffrey, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've ever had a J.K. Rowling answer to that question. I think you're right. Probably a lot of Hermione's, but no J.K. Rowling. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could be unique. <laughs> you are. That's a good one. We will, uh, we, we, on a, on a regular basis, we write blog posts uh, at Convince a Convert. We take uh, the answers to that question and also the answers to the to the previous question, we roll them up into uh, kind of recollections of people we've had on the show. So we'll make sure to get that answer in the next recollection because it's a good one. I, I like how uh, I like how you're thinking differently about that, Dwayne. Well done. I thought you would say President Carter, but you probably get to hang out with him all the time like you and, and you're like holding the nail and he's got the hammer or something, right? You're like pals. Yeah, I mean, I I was the director of PR and I did eleven, you know, of his projects with us. So <laughs> yeah, I've, I've uh, spent know, some time. Yeah. Spent some time. I <laughs> love it. Time. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And 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 how is he at social media? Is he like, is he like, hey, Dwayne, how do I use this Twitter thing? Like, what's that all about? <laughs> Well, you know, I know that the Carter Center, which is um, the the foundation he works through, um, they have a great social media presence. And I know that he does a lot of, uh, or at times he does uh, like Google Hangouts. So I think that he is, you know, he's out there. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, we got to get him on the show. All right, Dwayne, that's your, that's our, that's our ask for you, Dwayne. We need to get former <laughs> president, that's my goal, okay. Mr. Jimmy Carter, on the Social Post podcast to talk about. <laughs> okay, you can make that happen, right? I, I, I will do my best. <laughs> I appreciate that, Dwayne. Thanks so much for being on the show. Congratulations uh, to you and everybody at Habitat for the tremendous success in social media and the great works that you are doing for so many people all around the world. It's it's got to be uh, awful nice for you to go to work every day and and know uh, that you're making a difference and 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 you know and meaning that. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you having me on. You bet. We will talk to you soon. Jeffrey Roars, who's on the show next week? I don't know, but I bet they're going to be cold. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we'll have like a whole heat wave by then. Maybe. Uh, no, probably not. I mean, I know I'm supposed to be VP of enthusiasm and all, but all I see is white and cold right now. And it's very hard to believe the uh, I understand. Out again. I understand. Uh, actually, I can tell you that next week on the show, episode number 156, uh, will be uh, Dean Jatilla from Uship. Uh, terrific uh, story. Uh, really interesting company. And talk about being good at social media. They actually have a reality show based on their company called Shipping Wars that maybe some of you have seen. Oh, I see. Yeah. So we're going to talk all totally about wrong. that. That's going to be that's going to be a hot show. Hot. hot, hot show. They're based in Austin, so they're probably toasty. Uh, that will be next week on the Social Pros podcast. Until that time, I will be Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. He will remain Jeff Roars from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. You will remain the fantastic audience that has made this one of the most popular shows in all the land. Thank you to each and every one of you. We will see you next week. This has been Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Chartstack, Tap Influence, Farmstack, and Cision, and is produced by Convince and Convert. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.